the Wrestling Perspective Network is brought to you by BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code WPP. Just pay $5 shipping. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, good brothers, good sisters, welcome back to another great episode of The Revisionist Booking, heard right here on the Wrestling Perspective Network. What shenanigans can Michael Barry and RG get into? Make sure you tune in this week. And as always, let the Revisionist Revolution begin. Doing well, and uh, Chris, you're welcome. Welcome to Revisionist Booking Podcast. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm you, you know, hey, hey, and Michael, you get an A for effort. So, I've seen you put a T-shirt out this week for A for effort. Right. <laughs> and, and, and and Michael, you thought you were going to be drilling that to the ground. You're the golden voice. I guess not. So. Well, that's without question, RJ. It really seems like you're already ahead of the curve there. I thought your welcome might get wear out its welcome, but you are definitely on the path to infamacy with your new catchphrase. As as a great Japanese wrestler once said, indeed. So, this week we have the pleasure of going over and revising and rebooking WrestleMania 9 that came to us on April 4th, 1993, from Caesars Palace in Paradise, Nevada, before 16,891 fans. Boys, this was actually, this was my, my first actual WrestleMania that I actually remember. Um, mm. and, and looking back on it now, I wish I would have forgotten it. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it should go to show you that when you have Tito Santana taking on Papa Shango in a dark match before the event, in addition to, you know, the rest of the main card, I'm like, eh, it is what it is, but it's like, when you got a legend like, pa- or uh, excuse me, not, well, 
Papa Shango is a legend, but Tito Santana is a little bit bigger of a legend. But uh, this was, uh, you know, this was the first outdoor pay-per-view uh, WrestleMania. Excuse me, not pay-per-view because back in ninety. 82 we had over in, over in your neck of the woods, Chris, in, uh, mm. in, in Wembley Stadium. But this yeah. was the first outdoor event for the WWE, then WWF, in, in the States um, at Caesars Palace. Um, all I have to say, when we had this coming out, I just want to get you guys' reactions real quick to the whole pop and circumstances with, you know, Savage coming out. Uh, and Heenan coming out, Heenan coming out on a camel backwards, and Savage coming out, royalty and all that uh, jazz. Uh, what was your guys' reactions when you went back and looked at this? Well, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys are wearing your togas to celebrate today's episode, correct? Wait, we're wearing. Oh, I'm supposed to be wearing clothes. Oh man. Oh, I'm glad <laughs> we. I, I'm glad we do not have the video of that because that visual would make me just absolutely sick. Things that make you go. Bleh. You're not welcome. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it, it, it was one of those things. You see a lot of the stories after the fact with uh, you know he didn't actually did this on purpose on on his end of it. He came up with it himself. Uh, this was, in addition to that, this was Jim Ross's first WrestleMania as well. So, you know, to look at back and the historical amount of, of it, 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 it goes to show you that, you know, it definitely lived up the anticipation earlier on. Yeah, what, what are your thoughts, Chris? What did you think about all of this uh, for WrestleMania 9? I am. I love. Actually, I love the entrances. I love um, Ian and coming in backwards on the camel. It just fitted his character perfectly. And Savage coming out with the Vestal Virgins. Then I'm having bickering afterwards, saying, "No, that was meant to be my job coming out with the Vestal Virgins." <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I was shocked how high pitched Jim Roth was. I forgot that high voice he had back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this was definitely before he had his um, his medical issues. Before he mm. had uh, Bell's palsy, and you know, you watch even even previous to this, previous to this when he was in WCW, mm. when he was with like the likes of Tony Schiavone and gentlemen like that. Uh, you know, it, it's it's different to go back and see it now. Obviously, we know what happened later on, but uh, yeah, it was definitely it was definitely nice to see. You know, that younger Jr. with Savage and uh, and. Uh, and Heenan as well before Heenan and Savage obviously went to uh, the WCW app a little bit after this. But uh, so to get into the main card, we first had our uh, first match was an intercontinental championship match, which pitted the champion, Mr. WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels with Luna of all people, escorting him to the ring, taking on Tatanka with, Sherry in his corner. Uh, for those that don't remember this uh, this time period, Shawn Michaels was a very young young up and comer. You know, Sherry was in his corner. They had this whole thing with uh, Marty Jannetty, and Sherry was kind of in the middle of them. So this was why uh, uh, Sherry was in the corner, quote unquote, of Tatanka. Um, we had Tatanka defeat Shawn Michaels by countout, though. Uh, not regain or not gaining the championship, but guys, I, I'd have to say going back and watching Tatanka, 
I think he's probably one of the one of the most not the most one of the guys that were probably underrated the most at this time. Um, I would uh, kind of disagree with you there, uh, RJ, because just going back to and maybe I can just remember it a little bit better, but Tatanka was really, really pushed during this time. Um, if anything, I don't know that it really fit to have him in a program with Shawn Michaels. Obviously, we know now what Shawn Michaels has become, and they don't have the ability to kind of understand uh, back then what exactly Shawn Michaels would become. But I think you look at this uh, and the way that it was booked, I think it protected both superstars, uh, and obviously we would have stuff that would transpire later on that would move Shawn Michaels into a new program. But I think Tatanka was fairly strongly booked. The reason I say that is because I can remember going to a house show, the one that I believe I mentioned, it may have been last episode or a couple episodes ago, that um, I was able to go uh, and watch that I, the anticipation was it would be Ric Flair and Roddy Piper in the main event. Anyways, long story short, Tatanka not only won his match that night, they had a battle royal at the end of the night, and the winner of that battle royal was indeed Tatanka. Mm -hmm. well, like, well, yeah. Well, you also take into account, too, that, you know, at this time I was nine years old, so Tatanka was over like Grover in my eyes because you, you get the, you know, it's like a shiny red ball kind of thing, you know, it's like, ooh, shiny red ball, and you see you know, Tatanka coming out with, uh, you know, the Native American garb and, you know, like, may not be the most athletic person in the world, but, you know, for what at this time, he was fantastic, I think. But, like I said, agree to disagree. Chris, what were your thoughts on this? I, uh, I thought it was a good opener. I, I wish the Marcy Giannetti didn't get fired in the lead-up to this event, because when you see a match a few months later, I think it was match of the year, then the... If they could have had it, uh, Martin Giannetti versus Michaels to open the show, that would have been amazing. Um, on to Tanker, I was a huge fan when I was a kid, but going back and watching him now, he's just all chopped. And... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, he's, he's still going. I think he's still wrestling and still being booked. Uh, there's a rumor. So. rumor he's got to be in the Rumble this year. He's in Phoenix, apparently. He'll be the, he'll be the surprise, right? <laughs> so our next match pitted probably... I'd say, you know, probably two Hall of Fame tag teams. Uh, we had the Steiner brothers taking on the head shrinkers, Fatu and Semu. Fatu, obviously, we know now is Rikishi, a.k.a. the Sultan. You know, he, he's had many, many different gimmicks in the company. Um, this was probably my favorite match of the night, uh, you know, going back and looking at it now. And it was the longest match on the card, going 14 minutes and 22 seconds. Uh, yeah, I just the Steiners were the Steiners. They've been good the whole time. Uh, the Head Shrinkers are probably, you know, I'll, I'll hate the, you know, put the term on them underrated, but you know, they were definitely more athletic than people gave them credit for. Obviously, with Afonsica uh, in their side and their corners, uh, and then. You know, the Steiner brothers are the Steiner brothers, but my thing is, though, that I gathered out of this match, and I don't know how what you guys gathered out of it, but do you guys think that, going back and looking at it now, that if they split up the Steiners later on and put them in singles competition, do you think that would have worked better for them and they would have stayed 
in the company rather than going to WCW. How's your thoughts on that, Chris? I can't. I can't. I can never see Rick Steiner as a singles wrestler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think when he tried in WCW, it didn't work. And it's it took Scott Steiner to completely change his whole image, his way of wrestling, just to mm-hmm. probably become individual enough to become a single star. But I don't think it would work in the WWE. The way, way things were at the time. Right. What do you What do you think, Michael? Well, I, I don't know that at this time you would have wanted to see the Steiners. This was a different era, right? I don't know that at this time Scott Steiner was what he would later become in Big Papa Pump. I always thought as a child and even as a young adult that Rick Steiner would have been the better singles star. I thought he was the one who had kind of the more creative gimmick dog face gremlin. He definitely was more of a natural, I would dare say, baby face in my eyes. So Rick Steiner would have been the individual I would have thought that if WWF at the time would have pulled the trigger on a solo career, it would have been Rick Steiner. That being said, I I, I don't know. I, I believe the Steiners were a tag team and their intentions were to be a tag team up until maybe the late, you know, later into the 90s. So I don't know that breaking them up would have been something they would have really looked at as desirable at this time. What was this? 93. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that that would have kept them together or not together, but in the WWE. Right. Right. Yeah. I think it, it, like you said, later on in the nineties, you know, I think a lot of the writing was on the walls, you know, tag team wrestling at this time wasn't, you know, what it was soon going to be uh, in a couple of years. And even now, you can kind of look at it now, not to bring up to current product, but, you know, looking at 93 to tag teams compared to today, you know, you can compare and contrast. It's very similar where, you know, you get those couple good, maybe half a dozen teams. And then after that, it's kind of, okay, we're going to throw this guy together and that guy together and see what happens. But, uh, yeah, it, I, like I said, this is probably my, at least my favorite match on the night. Um but, you know, there was and that, I'm, I'm sorry, Mike, Chris? I was going to say this bit. The whole, the whole match I'm putting over the head shrinkers can't be hit on the head. And uh-huh. the, match, the match is a Frankensteiner. He throws him on his head. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah and that was another thing that I, I that I caught in here was Jer, or JR calling a clothesline and a Steiner line. I have mm. no idea what that is. Maybe yeah. it was just me that caught it, but I'm uh, like... That's it. What the heck is a Steiner? Maybe he said clothesline, and I just heard Steiner line. I don't know if that could be very. That could be it too. But if, if I could inter, if I could interject real quick, I think the Steiner line. He was he was basically trying. It was a clothesline, and it was a Steiner doing it. But you've heard the entrance music for the Steiners. You know Steiner line. I'm not trying to sing here because that would get everybody to turn off the show. But yeah. I, I think it was more a play on that, and he actually said it a couple of times. So I actually, the way I took that was he was trying to kind of get that in there, if that makes sense. Because uh, you've heard Steiner line, Steiner line, you know, with the Steiners. I believe that was more of a WCW thing. And, of course, keep in mind, Jim Ross is coming over from WCW. So I think right. that may have been what what we heard there. You're right. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I've totally forgot about that. He was This was his first one since uh, coming over. So, uh 
But, you know, our next match had, uh, you know, it had a little build to it. was Doink the Clown defeating Crush. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 93, you know, this was that time for WWF where it's a lot of the gimmicks. And this was one of those one of those types of matches where we saw uh, uh, two doinks, and we saw the evil doink being uh, um, uh, was it Osborne, and then the second doink coming out was Kern, uh, Steve Kern. So you know they're they're trying their best to kind of get Doink over as a heel, but it just didn't work for me. Well, I mean, what what I'll say here again, and I guess this is just so this WrestleMania and this pay per view in particular will always be special to me. And I'm not trying to say it was better than it was because at the end of the day, it was pretty craptacular. Let's let let's get that out of the way. But you know, I, I think uh, so. I was uh, what are we talking? Ninety three here. I was about twelve. I was twelve going on thirteen. So I was a little bit um, older, not quite a young young kid. But I remember this is the first WrestleMania that I had, like, you know, I had little side jobs or whatever, so I actually paid to get, this was the first WrestleMania I had at my house, uh, as opposed mm. to normally going to a, a friend's house and watching it there or watching it in a group setting. So for me, but I can remember, so so I say that to say this and that, what I think you have to re- remember here, or what many have forgotten, or you may have been too young to realize, is that with Doink, that whole the, the development of that character showing up on superstars and scaring kids and all that, there's background there. There's a lot of investment in there. And you had Crush, who, of course, was standing up for these young kids. And then you had the whole segment they actually showed on uh, the pay-per-view of, you know, Doink kind of tricking Crush and saying, oh, I'm sorry, giving him a flower, and turns around and pulls his arm out of his socket as Vince McMahon <laughs> You know, of course, you know, over the top said. Um, we all know it was a cast. As a matter of fact, I believe, uh, was it Piper who was on there with him? I, I can't recall. But they're like, no, it's a I think maybe it was Macho Man, but he's like, it was a cast. <laughs> it's not his arm. He didn't yeah. pull his arm out of yeah. his pocket. But it was kind of that over the top. This is a different era, right? And I uh-huh. think this this fits. Now, a couple of years removed from, from, from WrestleMania 9, headed into, you know, like WrestleMania 12. Yeah, maybe it it really wasn't gonna fit as much, um, but here I think it fits. So I, I mean, Doink the Clown is a heel. I, I honestly think it's pretty creative if you think about it because what? So if you have Doink the Clown in WCW, are they gonna be able to get anything with him over? No. So I, I think you know WWF was what it was at this time. It was more character driven. Well, maybe if they put Doink against the Yeti, maybe it would work. <laughs> No, the Yeti. See, that's but to my point, you just you just basically thank you. You made my point for me, and you're welcome. Is that how terrible was the Yeti? And you saw him one time, and that was absolutely horrible. Now look at Doink, someone who could work. They even referenced it during the match. Someone who had technical skills who could mat wrestle. I mean, it's beyond just the character. It's having that person be able to hold their own in the ring. The Yeti couldn't do anything in the ring except try to dry hump people. Well, yeah, that too. Well, but, but you have to keep in mind, too, that Doink was, I believe it was Matt Osborne, he would actually leave the company after, at, or shortly after this pay-per-view, and then it would be, uh, 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 well, what do you say? Um, Steve Kern. Relieved, relieved by Steve Kern. Yeah. 
that, that we obviously we know him later as being a backstage agent and and so on and so forth. But well, that was part of that. That was that was part of the magical trick, right? Steve exactly. Kern, Steve Kern made Matt Osborne disappear. Exactly. He gets an A for effort. What, what, what do you what do you think, uh, Chris? What do you think about uh, Doink the Clown? I think WWE could have done a lot more with him. They could have gone down a more sinister route, maybe a bit into it, a bit more, maybe a Jake Reed more character. But he is amazing in the ring. If you look a couple of months after this pay-per-view, he had a brilliant two out of three falls match with Marty Giannetti. Keep bringing up Marty Giannetti. <laughs> Which I think was in the, like, the top five in the Observer's matches of the year that year. Right, but right. this one, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Rush's character. He's just too uber major face at this time of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I liked well, late ninety four. Super Japan supervisor. This match is all right for what it was. Yeah, we we obviously we saw a crush. Obviously, you you talked ninety four that we'd actually see him at WrestleMania ten going against Randy Savage. Mm. Uh, so that was that would go to show you what a difference a year makes. Yeah. Uh, between between this WrestleMania and WrestleMania ten for crush and he actually had a personality in WrestleMania ten. He's just he's just yeah Hawaiian guy. Well, no, he was playing that baby face. You know, he's been around at this time. He's been around for so long. He's part of Demolition, and, you know, he's part, later on, we'd see him be part of uh, Nation Domination. And so he's, he reinvented himself so many times. And, you know, and I'm surprised, you know, his name hasn't come up for, you know, for the Hall of Fame. But, you know, like I said, you know, maybe maybe it has and maybe it hasn't. I don't know. But uh, our next match was... A, eh, it was what it was. A bell had to ring. Featured Razor <laughs> Ramon going over Bob Backlund in, uh, yeah, three, three minutes and forty five seconds. <laughs> so, you know, obviously we know what happened later on with Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, uh, but Bob Backlund, really? <laughs> he went from being in the main events in the title match of Royal Rumble to this nothing match of WrestleMania. It make no sense. <laughs> yeah, it just uh, and, and nothing against Bob Backlund. You know, if you go back and if you go back about ten years and back in '83 and '84, Backlund was over like Rover. But in '93, '94, obviously we saw him later. You know, even I, currently, I, I didn't have a clue who he was when I was was it 10, 11, I think it was. I didn't have a clue who Bob Backlund was. I didn't watch WWE. No, I, Exactly, and that and that and that's the sad part, you know, because a lot of people would have to at '93. You didn't have the likes of Google or whatever to throw it in the Google machine and figure out who Bob Backlund was. But, but you know, Backlund had the Iron Man. He was Iron Man in that year's Royal Rumble, so he could have made a good story between these two going into it, have a decent match. They're both capable of more than a three-minute match. Oh yeah, ended in a roll-up. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we won't put too much more thought into it, but our next match was our title match for the Tag Team Championships, which featured the champions, Money Incorporated, IRS, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, taking on the team of Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake. Uh, I had to do a short, brief pause there because I had to... You, usually, when I say between those two words, I, we can't say on the on this show. But uh, the Mega Maniacs, uh, 
Yeah. We saw, you know, we saw Brutus Beefcake come out in a face mask. Obviously, we know what happened to him with his whole incident in, uh, you know, surfing or whatever it was. Uh, basically, his face came it was a, in. It was a jet ski incident. Uh, surfing, jet ski, potato, potato. Uh, not really, but okay. Not really. Uh, so, and then we obviously we saw Hogan actually have a quote-unquote uh, uh, run-in at the gym the night before with his whole, I think it was his left side of his face was basically you know, bloodied and bruised and his eye looked horrible. It was just black, wasn't it? Like actual yeah. Eyeball. So. Yeah. And, and they're even saying they're obviously they're playing up to it saying, Oh, his eyeballs, his eye was coming out of its socket and all this stuff. And I'm like, looking at it, you know, then, you know, I, you know, I, I believe in kayfabe there too. I believed everything about it. Yeah. Looking back on it now, it's like, really? Yeah, really? There's lo- lots of rumors about why we had a black eye. There was the rumor that, yeah. oh yeah, Randy Savage punched him because he was talking to a lizard backstage. I listened to an interview with Dave Meltzer. And he said that Hogan did legitimately have an accident in his speedboat. Yeah, as fun as Randy Savage punched him. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather believe, you know, I'd rather believe that Savage punched him or something, but. You know, that's neither here nor there. Michael, what do you think about this match? Yeah, no, I mean, the match was what it was. The whole angle was they were trying to really do some significant damage to Brutus Beefcake's face because of the legit accident that he was involved in with the jet ski. I I, I like the psychology of the match. Uh, I actually did kind of dig that they, no matter how everything happened with Hogan's eye, that they did play it up, and uh, RJ, you mentioned we see, but actually we did not see what happened with regards to Hogan and him getting jumped, and I think that brought even more, really, you know, emphasis and more, like, it made you, like, your mind wander and say, wow, you know, how does that go down, you know, Hogan gets jumped by a bunch of, of, you know, big guys that were hired by Million Dollar Man and IRS, in theory, and that's you know that's a, a pretty good play. I mean, it, it was what it was because somehow, some way, his eye um, was injured. Now, I will say this: in, in looking at prototypical black eyes, right, you don't normally see someone's eye the way Hogan's eye was. So either it was pretty, you know, something significant like the whole um, accident that you guys are talking about, the surfing accident, um, or. I mean, back then, was there a way to get a hold of contacts? Because it's just the, the eye thing to me was like he got cleared to wrestle like in, in that condition. I mean, his eye looked really, really bad um, mm-hmm. if you looked at it and uh, whether you believed it to be legit or not. I mean, obviously, there was something legit going on with Hogan's eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, being two different time periods, you know, it's, you know, it, that would never fly today, whatever company, whatever company that it is, whether it be WWE or ring of honor new japan or impact it wouldn't matter you know you get anything like that happening to you you're not you're not wrestling that night whether you want to or not you're not getting cleared the answers are strange yeah coming in and somehow if you change your jacket inside out you become a referee you know for being a dq it's like okay well i don't quite i, I didn't see where the dq was either i, I didn't either you know Maybe. 
yeah so 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 the whole so the whole so the background of this right is the referee on this on this match is danny davis or otherwise known as dangerous danny davis who was a crooked ref so the inferred i don't think the announcers and this is where jim ross had some catching up to do is that I don't think the announcers really built that up to make it as understandable to the audience. But basically, I believe where they were trying to go there was that Danny Davis was being bribed. And that's why he went for Because there really wasn't, to your point, Chris, where's the disqualification, right? So I think that was, uh, the ball was probably dropped in that situation by the announcers here. Yeah. Yeah. Davis was the one who came out and told the ref that was another thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that makes a bit more sense than having no disqualification for some reason, no reason. Right. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Yet the ending goes on for too long where they open his briefcase and start handing out dollar bills to everyone. I'd hope they'd be dollar, well, I hope they'd be a little bit more than dollar bills, but <laughs> hey. They looked like they uh, were definitely 50s or 100s. I think they were... I think I think yeah. the, the cash was a little legitimate. Although I don't know, you guys tell me because you know if you guys watch this, watching it back, it looked like so. What it looked like was you had Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake handing out money, and then I swear I saw Jimmy Hart taking the money back from people right behind them. But I don't know, maybe maybe that was just my my mind playing a trick on me. But that that's how it appeared to me, like looking at it more closely. Well, he, he needed money to make his tiki hut later on, so, um, you know. <laughs> this is revisionist booking, everybody. But by all yeah, means, right. go check it's out all of Conrad's trio of podcasts. <laughs> so our next match <laughs> was uh, Lex Luger taking on Mr. Perfect. Lex Luger going over on Mr. Perfect. Uh, I like you know, this, this, yeah, this was definitely, you know, probably not my, obviously my, the tag match was my favorite match, but this is probably my second favorite one, just because, you know, the, such a big build for one, for Lex Luger, and two, just being Mr. Perfect, who is absolutely perfect, you know, it was, it was a great match, I thought. Uh, what did you guys think? What's your thoughts, Chris? That's what I thought it was a really fun match. I thought the entrance of Lex Luger was brilliant. It would have worked better in a indoor arena because the fireworks were going everywhere because of the wind. But mm. yeah, it was a really fun match. I'm, I'm a bit gutted this never turned into a, a full on program after this. Not good mm. for more matches. But, yeah, but no. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I, I would tend to agree um, with you, Chris. I think this was a pretty solid match. Obviously, two solid competitors. I actually think because when you look at some of Luger's matches, really the spectrum's pretty wide, right? Sometimes they'll have pretty good matches, and sometimes they'll be not so good. Yeah. So I think to be a good worker for him to have a good match. Right, and I think to your point, absolutely well said, Chris. He had Mister Perfect, and I, I dare say. While he maybe wasn't absolutely perfect as a worker, he was about as close you could find in WWF. <laughs> yeah. At this time, anyways, yeah. And, uh, you know, to move on, our next match was featured, uh, yeah, we'll just go on. We'll say The Undertaker taking on Giant Gonzalez. Uh, the Undertaker continuing his undefeated streak at WrestleMania, going over Giant Gonzalez by DQ. 
Uh, you know, we said that, you know, good workers, this was not one of the best matches ever, I guess. <laughs> the last WrestleMania um, match. <laughs> to, 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 put, to, put, to put it nicely, anyways. <laughs> yeah, this is interesting in that, if you think about it, so The Undertaker indeed did have a streak. Obviously, it was nowhere near referenced here because this was, what, his third WrestleMania match? So it still wasn't sure. really a streak yet. But it's it's curious, right? Because at any time, just with WWF, they could have booked Undertaker to lose at WrestleMania. So I don't I don't know from the onset that that was the plan. Well, but wasn't still his flare match? That they saw reference in a streak, was it? I think. So what one was he against? The one, the one. Yeah, I know he wrestled Flair, but I think that was more at. Um, that, no, it wasn't Houston. Was it? Because um, I think he it was, faced Triple H in it, Houston. He was about eight, nine, ten matches in before he saw reference in a streak. Yeah, I want to say it was yeah. about the tenth one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because I think the Ric Flair one was later. Uh, was later down the road. I want to say. Maybe eighteen. I can't I remember. Say. Well, Maybe. I, like I said, I, I may I may not be my memory may not be as, as good as it is, but uh, but yeah, you know, Giant Gonzalez, we saw uh, Harvey Wimble Harvey Wimbledon with him, which you know he's still with the company now. Is he? <laughs> I, I'm I'm pretty sure he is. He's kind of a uh, I think he's like you could call him a gopher, I guess. You know, hey, so and so needs a cup of coffee or so-and-so needs a sandwich or, and he'll go out and get it for him. At least, you know, listen to other shows and what have you. Uh, he's still, I think he's still there. I don't, yeah, I may be wrong, but I think he's still there doing like backstage stuff. Also, he could, he could be in the rumble this year as Harvey. The... There you go. We can bring back, so you bring back some guy with like Adam bomb and, you know, Johnny <laughs> Gonzalez, bring him back. And, you know, uh, you know, who knows? <laughs> both of which, both of which are, have passed away, right? So that's going to be an interesting. Yeah, th- those are going to be some interesting uh, people to bring back. Is it? So here, let me ask you this, RJ: Is it going to bring back Yokozuna? Because you know we all know how you referenced how agile Yokozuna is, um, even in his uh, you know, from beyond. See, we don't have to bring back Yokozuna because Yokozuna is in the mind and the soul of every WWE fan. So you don't have to bring him back. He's always back. He's always with us. The only Harvey Wimbledon guy I can who I think is still alive is Sid. Yeah, I think Some so. Of... Sid, Sid Udy. Oh, yay. <laughs> uh, greatest, greatest softball player of all time. Oh, God. Uh, so... Well, this one, this, this, this one, another weird ending. I think every match on this preview had a weird ending. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And I think that's you know that that time period, you know. Yeah, but they pull him out with the chloroform, and then they wheel him backstage, and then he comes back out. But wouldn't it make more effect if he just got out the chloroform and then just did his normal sit up in the ring? The crowd would have went wild. Right. Yeah. And, and I, w- I will say I did like his entrance of being the Undertaker. Uh, with the whole, was it a, um, what was a bird that was with him? Uh, like, a, uh, like a, like a condor? Yeah, I, I think, 
I think uh, no, it was a vulture, right? I think vulture, I, I think vulture. I, I think that WrestleMania nine is a good reference point for Vince McMahon, or became a good reference point for Vince McMahon on how not to book the Undertaker. So I think they made <laughs> they made all their mistakes. So sometimes it's a good thing, right? Because you don't want to make a, a, a bevy of mistakes progressively you'd rather just make them all at once right so you can say oh reference back to wrestlemania 9 well we ain't gonna do that with the undertaker again you know so. <laughs> well i think, I think that, yeah i think this is a good bookmark for uh for things not to do at wrestlemania and or any other pay-per-view well um, uh so what what, what what were you gonna say chris as i say it's all about entrances i wish they would have made more of an effort with the roman theme some of the other wrestlers because the understands were so good. If just their entrance gear, they could have roamed it up a little bit. With everybody else being in Togas, I think some of the rest. If it was these days, I think they'll. Yeah, the wrestlers will come out in a more. Romified. <laughs> I can't think of the word. No, no, yeah. No, that's fine. I know, I know, I know what you mean. So the, that uh, understanding uh, entrance was so good. I think the rest, if some, the rest of them made a bit more effort. Oh, yeah. That's Definitely. So. You know, our next, you know, I'll go over the next two matches because they're basically the same thing. Uh, the first first half, I guess, of it is your WWF championship match. Your champion, Bret the Hitman Hart, taking on Yokozuna, who ended up winning the Royal Rumble in 93, to face Bret Hart at this WrestleMania. Uh, we saw Yokozuna defeat Bret Hart, become your new WWF, te- or excuse me, WWF heavyweight champion. Uh, with a little aid from uh, Master Fuji. Uh, and then we saw, uh, you know, a bit of chicanery, I guess you could call it, with Hulk Hogan coming out. And uh, guys, I, I don't know how to describe this. I think chicanery was pretty, pretty accurate. <laughs> uh, what, what do you guys, you know, what do you guys think of this whole situation at the end? I know it was a big cluster at the end, and. Looking back at it now, I'm like, what the heck is going on, guy? You know? Yeah, they had this, like, 15-minute match laid out, and then seven or eight, so they had to rush this ending. That's why you see um, Mr. Fuji struggling to get the salt out, because he wasn't meant to get the salt out for another five minutes. Yeah. That's why it's the max at the end. Yeah, for sure. I, I think this was basically what we saw here was they got Hogan to come back, right? And then the, a conversation was had, and McMahon says, well, can I get one more last run out of Hulk Hogan? Can I get one more last run out of Hulkamania? I think what we saw here was a pivot. I think houses were down, and hmm. attendance was down. So keep in mind, this crowd a lot of these tickets were comp tickets. These were people that were just, you know, at the casino. Oh, here, by the way, WrestleMania 9, you can attend. You could tell. I mean, the crowd wasn't. So people reference this crowd and they say how bad it was. It wasn't horrible, although maybe they've been able to kind of make some edits as the years went along uh, and make this crowd seem better. But the crowd also wasn't for as packed as, as Caesars was here. It wasn't as grand of a WrestleMania crowd as maybe we had seen in the years past. Mm. You, hear, you hear conflicting stories because Bret Hart says that Hogan basically promised him a run in the summer where he'd win the title back from him. Mm. And Hogan says that he did it. And then he went back on his word saying he didn't want to 
lose to a smaller guy, so he'd only lose it back to Yokozuna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and at that time, you know, you can only believe, you know, you see one story, one side being Hogan, one side being Bret Hart, and somewhere in between is the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially with the wrestling business, you know, you never know, you know, whether, hey, is it a shoot, is it a work? Hey, we don't know. You know, it's, you know, you try to keep uh, face and, you know, you can't, you know, think too much into it because, you know, that's when you really start to do damage. You know, you, you think too much and it's like, okay, well, if this happens, if this happens, it's like, no, just keep it simple. You know, and I, this, the last, I'd say probably about three or four matches were anything but simple. Uh, <laughs> It was very, like I said, looking back at it now, it was very confusing, even though we knew what was happening, obviously. But it's like, really? Obviously, you know, like Michael mentioned, you know, it's, you know, what not to do now, whether it be booking the way The Undertaker or booking this guy or that guy or this match or that match. You know what not to do now. And I think, you know, like you said, the houses were down, the attendance was down. Let's throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. Right. And you didn't see Gensel in King of the Ring. So he went to Japan for a bit, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I, I think so, yeah. In an interview, we called it WWE title a trink. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe over there it is, yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, absolutely, gentlemen. And there's one thing that we know is a shoot but that absolutely works, and that is the fine Blue Chew, the sponsor of the Wrestling Perspective Network. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made right in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all of our listeners here at Revisionist Booking Podcast. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code WPP. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code WPP to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for supporting the network. And as always, you're welcome. Well, the reason why everybody is listening to the show today is for this, the revisionist booking of our cards. Chris, you are our guest. Have at it. You are first up. Let's hear your first match of this uh, this card. All right, so I would start with the WWF Intercontinental Championship match between Shawn Michaels with Alina for Shawn against the mystery opponents. So in the storyline leading up, it was meant to be Michaels versus Giannetti, but they actually taken out in, in the lead-up to pay-per-view. So that means Sherry has to pick a new champion, and Sherry would choose Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. 
as her champion. Mm. Go, go back in time, we'll connection. Mm-hmm. Right, so they would have an amazing back and forth match, fast paced to be an opener. Um, that would just uh, finally start getting the upper hand, and then Luna for Sean and Sherry will start brawling on the outside. Leading to a distraction, Savage. That's all right. Leading to a distraction for Savage, and then Michael is rolled him up for the victory. There you go. Yeah, that was that, that was one of the ones I was looking at too, but I went a different avenue, so I'm glad I did because I knew uh, I knew Savage was in play. <laughs> <laughs> then post match, I'll, I'll keep with the Sherry gets attacked in the medical room by Sean. Oh yeah. Me, sure. After after the fact, yeah, yeah. So what, what do you have, Michael? So for my first match here, we're going to have Papa Shango is going to be on the main WrestleMania card. Not sure if he was punished from WrestleMania 8, so, uh, but here he will get to be a curtain jerker, and he will be a victim for Tatanka. So Tatanka had his undefeated streak going on. We're going to keep that going. And so the backstory here is going to be you're going to have Shango – what was he known for? Putting a curse on people, right? So right here, he's going to put a curse on Tatanka, showing kind of, uh, you know, Tatanka being weak, something we hadn't seen a lot of going up to here. And Shango's going to vow to defeat him at WrestleMania for the very first time. But Tatanka's going to show up with, with uh, his tribe, and they're going to, quote-unquote, break the curse during the match. He's going to power through and overcome Papa Shango, and this is going to help continue to build Tatanka as a strong entity. So Tatanka defeats Papa Shango in the opening match of WrestleMania 9. There you go. There you go. I will say to Precursor, I did have Papa Shango on my main card too, but we'll get to that later. Uh, so for me anyways, looking at it, I want to start my card off hot and make and start off with a title match. My opening match is going to be for the WWF Tag Team Championships. Uh, you're going to have Money, Inc. on one side, the champions, IRS, and um, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, taking on a team, a new form team, the perfect team of Mr. Perfect and Randy Savage. These two have a lot of history together, going back previously to, uh, you know, you know, WrestleMania eight a year before in the Hoosier Dome, uh, where we saw Savage and uh, and, and Flair with uh, Perfect in Flair's corner. So a year later, you know, fen- or the fences, the mending of the fences have been made. They are a team now, going for the WWF Tag Team Championships. However, we're going to see a clean victory for the champions in this match, even though this is going to be. A lot like the tag team match that we saw with the Siders and the Head Shrinkers, this is going to be a definitely live up the anticipation of that. But we would see that Money Inc. retaining their championships over the perfect team of Mr. Perfect and Randy Savage. All right, there you go. So, Chris, what's your second match? Um, I don't know if this was on the network version, but it's on my VHS version. <laughs> they showed. Um... They showed Lex Luger attacking Bret Hart at a press conference. Uh-huh. So I'd have this happen a few weeks beforehand, and which would lead to Bret Hart calling out Luger, challenging him. But Luger would say he'd only accept the challenge if it's title on the line. So Bret being the hot head he is, he accepts. So I'd have Bret Hart versus Lex Luger for the WWF Championship. 
by disqualification after Mr. Fuji throws salt in Brett's eyes. After the match, Lex will see red and take out Mr. Fuji, and he's out of the main event. There you go. There you go. What, what's your next match, Mike? All right, so my next match is this is where I'm going to place the Doink the Clown versus Crush match, and I'm actually going to keep this match the same uh, outside of placing it second here on the card. Uh, we're going to see Doink the Clown pull shenanigans, as it were, and Doink the Clown will defeat Crush. You're welcome. <laughs> you said you said you said cleaner was a shenanigans. Well, I think the listeners heard, but so you can hear. Hopefully, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll start listening. Yes, there's going to be shenanigans. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm trying to do two things at once. <laughs> well, let, let let's do one thing at once. You're welcome. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's what she said. Uh, so my next match is Maybe going not. to be uh, somebody that you got you had in your. Your first match, Michael, was going to be Papa Shango taking on Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I tried my darndest not to have these guys on the match, but, you know, <laughs> they had two, gim- good, two good gimmicks at this time. And this match is going to be, it's, it's going to be a quick match. It's not going to be a barn burner. You're not going in a long match. But we're going to see Papa Shango go over Brutus the Barber Beefcake with, you mentioned the curse he was known for but this time you're going to have a curse being put on the uh, beefcake where we would see uh gimmick blood coming out of beefcake's eyes mm. causing a distraction causing him to be blind and that papa shango taking advantage of that and pinning him for the one and the two and the three i thought you said this his hair was gonna fall out or something. That, that's what i was thinking but i'm like eh. <laughs> No, we'll go with the blood out of the ice. <laughs> or, or, or maybe you could have made him deaf, or, you know, he can't do two things at once. Well, that's too. <laughs> hey, but he gets an A for effort, though. Oh, boy. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, Chris. What's up? What's, what's your third match? Right, so I, I was really struggling to what to do with Hulk Hogan. So then I thought, what's Hulk Hogan's greatest storyline of all, all three? That's suggestion. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's the Dungeon of Doom storyline. <laughs> 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 so, I've created my own Dungeon of Doom. My head shrinkers, Giant Gonzalez, and Papa Shango. He'll take on Hogan and his clan of 80s legends. Chris Keefe, Tito Santana, and Bob Backlin in a man tag. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost, I, originally it was going to be a Hogan versus somebody in a... Um, love the Jack match, but I thought it'd be more fun to have them in eight man tag. So basically, the heels, in typical eighties fashion, the heels troll most of the match until Hogan gets the hot tag, hooks up on Gonzalez, big boost, leg drop for the win. Hulk Hogan goes off to the sunset. We never see him again. There we go. There we go. Michael, what you got? All right. So for my third match here, uh, we're going to see. Mr. Perfect being accompanied to the ring by Sensational Sherry. And he is going to be in line to try and take away Shawn Michaels' Intercontinental Championship. Shawn Michaels will be accompanied by Luna Vachon. Basically, the angle that we saw 
first initiate here on the uh, the actual broadcast of WrestleMania 9, that will have already happened. And uh, on a past episode, actually, we had Raw's. Uh, back then at this time so you could have had on a raw or superstar superstars where you would have had the kind of the battle going on between Shawn michaels and mr perfect um and so there uh what you're going to see is you're going to see a, a lot of chicanery as my co-host loves to say in this match and uh you're going to see basically sherry uh, is going to be there to counteract luna um, you're going to see the ref get distracted by Luna kind of doing her deal. And uh, that's going to allow Sherry to come in and get her revenge on HBK, give him the old low blow. And Perfect's going to take that opportunity, get the Perfect Plex, get the one, the two, and the three, and is going to win the Intercontinental title here. Uh, and basically, so what we're going to see here is this is a feud that's going to bleed over uh, into SummerSlam. So there were a couple of pay-per-views, but it's going to go all the way to SummerSlam, and you're going to see um, you know, th there will be an opportunity because, uh, as you guys may or may not remember, and our listeners may or may not remember, but... Uh, at SummerSlam, that's where you had Kevin Nash, a.k.a. Diesel, come in as uh, Shawn Michaels' bodyguard. So I think this would be a good segue into that. So I'm going to have Mr. Perfect going over. Not so clean, not so perfect, but he is going to be your new WWF Intercontinental Champion. There you have it. There you have it. So my next match is going to be my one of two filler matches that we're going to have on this card. Uh, at that time, we, we instituted that saying that Tanaka, Tatanka is, you know, getting pushed really good here. So we're going to see Tatanka taking on Tito Santana in my next match. You know, who better than Tito Santana to put over Tatanka? And we saw that. You know, there's not much you can say about this match other than Tatanka's going to be going over Tito Santana. Santana's doing the job for Tatanka to you know, to elevate him a little bit more and hopefully get him, you know, uh, under the main stage, the main light of, uh, of this uh, pay-per-view and of the company. So Tatanka going over Tito Santana. Nice. I think, you know, again, that's, you know, much like I try to do, you're, you're, you're building up Tatanka here. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you had to try at least, you know, it's, you can see what happens, you know. All right, what's your fourth match, Chris? So my next match is for the WWF Team Championships. It's Money Inc. versus the Steiner Brothers. And just to get them on the card, because at the time, remember, Money Inc. would just walk out of matches and get counted out and keep the titles. I would have Tatanka and Crush as enforcers to stop Money Inc. from getting counted out. So after a beating from the Steiners, Ted and Aaron would tried multiple times to escape Prussian tanker would always get them back in the ring and it would lead to Steiner Brothers winning the titles in the end. There you go. Oh, not, nothing wrong with that. Definitely with the Steiner Brothers having gold around their waist. Yeah. So what's your fourth, or your fourth match, uh, uh, Michael? So my fourth match is we're going to see Money Incorporated and they are going to indeed be defending their WWF Tag Team Championships, but they are going to be defending them against, you guessed it, the Steiner Brothers. So <laughs> we're going to get the Steiner Brothers here, and this is going to obviously be a big step for them here in the WWF. 
Uh, Money Inc., though, the background in this match is going to be, you're going to have Money Inc. filming some visionettes and some stuff that's going to be aired, and they're going to kind of tease. Well, we have one of the Steiner brothers in our pocket. Is it Scott? Is it Rick? Who is it? We have one of these guys in our pockets. So what's going to happen is you're going to get into this match, uh, and, you know, again, you know, Money Inc.'s going to tease that one of the Steiners is going to lie down. Well, it's going to appear that, oh, wait, it might be Scott Steiner. He may have taken the bribe. Scott Steiner's going to kind of fake that he took it. Maybe he even told them, yeah, I'll take your bribe, right? But at the end of the day, Scott Steiner's going to stay loyal to his brother and loyal to the fans. And uh, he's basically going to deke Money Inc. And this is going to give the opportunity for the Steiner brothers to be able to win the WWF World Tag Team Champions and take them away from Money Inc. There you have it. There you have it. So you're welcome. Like I said, as always, as always, and thank you. Uh, so bless you. But like, thank you. Uh, so <laughs> so like I said, with my previous match. Uh, was a filler match. My next match is, I, I hate calling this a filler match because I like these two guys, but at this time period, that's pretty much what it was, is Crush taking on the bad guy, Razor Ramon. With these two veterans, I'll call them, you know, they're going to put on a, 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 they're going to put on a clinic. You know, Crush is probably one of the most athletic big guys of all time. Razor Ramon was, you know, he reinvented himself a couple times uh, and at this time we're going to see Razor going over on the Wrestlemania match taking out uh, Crush uh, so you know we obviously would know what would happen later on with Razor Ramon going to WCW maybe putting him over at this event would, uh, would prevent that a little bit who knows but I'm going to do my best to keep Razor Ramon in the WWF Razor Ramon going over Crush so we are on our fifth match of this card. Chris, what do you got? Um, next up, I've got, I would have Mr. Perfect defeats Razor Ramon in the number one contenders match for the Intercontinental Championship, mm-hmm. which will lead into the amazing Perfect Michaels match at SummerSlam. And I've many notes on that one. <laughs> no, no, yeah. That, you can't, you know, that type of match, Chris, you can't really... <sighs> You can't really have too much into it, you know, because you know, the, obviously they'll they'll make their the work in the ring speak for themselves. Yeah, I, I, w- I would tend to agree with RJ here, Chris. I think that, yeah, you, you look at the, the two competitors involved in that match, uh, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, and, and Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, and those are guys who, in, in both the WWF and WCW, just had legendary careers. Both were great workers. I honestly don't think you really need to have much of a story into that match. That match kind of tells itself. Yeah, you know, and kind of like a precursor, like you said, pre and later on too, getting that, uh, getting that match, you definitely would want to see that again. I, I would, uh, would pay money to see that. So, yeah. um, so or, excuse me, Michael, what is? Uh, we're on number five, right? Yep. Yep. So my fifth match. Uh, going to be similar here in that it will involve Razor Ramon, and Razor is going to go up against Tito Santana. We're going to get Tito Santana on the main card, um, but Tito Santana is going to be, for all intents and purposes, enhancement talent to further the push of Razor Ramon. So Razor Ramon is going to defeat Tito Santana in this match in fairly short order. 
Can't go wrong with that. So, on previous shows that we've had, uh, we've said over and over again, if it's not broke, don't fix it. My match is, my next match is just going to be that. It's going to pit the Head Shrinkers taking on the Steiner Brothers in a barn burner of a tag team match. However, I made one slight uh, uh, adjustment to this match. I'm going to put the Head Shrinkers over on the Steiner Brothers just because I want to see some sort of, would have liked to see some sort of a feud between the Steiner Brothers. See where it would go. You know, like we said, at this time, you know, you throw it against the wall, and if it sticks, let's go with it. If not, then, you know, we'll move on. So um, this match will basically go the exact same way that we saw uh, on the main, the actual card itself, with uh, obviously with the Steiners going over, but this time I'm going to have the Head Shrinkers go over on the Steiner Brothers. Nice. So our uh, sixth match of this night Chris, what do you have? Okay, so, um, so I'd have Dunk the Clown. So as I mentioned previously, I'd have a more sinister Dunk the Clown, a more hints of it and a bit of the Joker. So in, I'd have Dunk taken out and injuring all the baby faces like Virgil, Coco Beware, Owen Hart in the weeks after the Rumble, and like he did with Crush in real life. Uh, and then, as punishment, Jack Tunney would order Doink to face The Undertaker in a no disqualification match. <laughs> so, nice. Doink would trap all his tricks to keep The Undertaker down, but it, like the lead-filled arm, etc. The Undertaker would just keep setting up, so then a second Doink comes out, tries to beat up The Undertaker, and another Doink comes out, and another Doink comes out. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. The Taker just keeps setting up. Eventually, the four doinks get the upper hand. Original doink and the two the two other doinks hold the key, hold taker. The fourth doink has one of them flowers that squirts water, but it's actually filled hot sauce. So he goes <laughs> to nice. He goes to squeeze it, but the taker moves. He gets original doink in the air. He beats <laughs> off the other doinks. Tombstones original doink for the win. <laughs> that that right there may have been the best rebooking of any match, whether it's myself, RJ, any guests we've had in the past. I know Matt Kuhn is pretty happy with how he did WrestleMania 2, and he did a solid job, but even Matt Kuhn couldn't bring what you just brought. That is a tremendous, tremendous rebooking there, Chris. Cla- round of applause. Bravo. Bravo. And you, and you get an A++ plus plus. <laughs> Um, and you're welcome. And I think this episode, I think this episode is going to be the most oink will ever, ever be over, even if he comes back again. It's going to be the most he's going to be over of all time. Uh, you know, precur- precursing to our last segment. But Sounds like WWE could really use Chris right now. We can use all three of us. You know, we come, we come as a trio. Let's go. Come on. We'll, we'll, we'll all move to Connecticut. Let's go. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> says the guy. Says the guy who basically lives in Canada or upstate New York, who would have the furthest amount to travel. We have a guy in another country, and then we have well myself, where I'm in Chicago. So yeah, it's not that as bad, but yeah. Where, where, you see where I'm going here. Well, there is yeah. so so there we do have NXT UK though, so that's interesting. That might be an opportunity, Chris. There you go. Why not? <laughs> have you watched much of NXT UK? Did you watch the tape of it? Um, I watched 
watched a little bit of it. I try to watch it. I watch it a little bit after the fact, unfortunately. Uh, you know, the weekly the weekly show and then with the pay-per-view. And I, I enjoy it fairly much. Yeah, I honestly have not had the opportunity. I'm so far back on stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean, how 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 is the how how is uh, NXT UK? How's that coming across? I know they got Walter out there now, right? Oh, I was buzzing when Walter came out at the end of NXT Blackpool. I really recommend NXT Blackpool. It's a brilliant showcase for British wrestling. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I'm just looking. It seems to be set. It's had a settling in period now, and I think it's good. It's getting, it's getting there. So only time, only time will tell, and hopefully it'll definitely pick up a little bit, and hopefully we'll yeah. see eventually another. Uh, hopefully we'll see a WrestleMania over there across the pond there eventually. So, so or something. Yeah, so something. Yeah, some major pay per view at least. <laughs> so, Michael, what what do you got for your fifth? All right. Yeah. Sixth match, yeah. So the sixth match here, uh, oh, six, m- much to my co-host RJ Chagrin here, he's not going to uh, give me uh-oh. an A for effort on this one. We're going to see the Undertaker and the Giant Gonzalez. There will be a match uh. here. There will be a match, and also, and also in Giant Gonzalez's corner will be none other than Bob Backlund. He's going to become Giant Gonzalez's advisor because, you know, he's eight foot, but he can't wrestle a lick. Uh, so in this, uh, what we're, gonna, we're, we're basically going to see is you're going to get a ref bump, um, and you're going to see Backlund go to hold, hold back Taker. Uh, Whippleman's going to come with this that chloroform gimmick that they had. Um, but Taker's going to be able to fight off Backlund. He's going to choke slam Whippleman, and he's going to use the chloroform on the giant Gonzalez. And basically, you're going to see the ref get revived by Baker with his, Oh, yes! And you're going to see the one, two, three. The Undertaker is going to go over once again, not so clean. At the end of the day, this is the, in my estimation, and Undertaker probably should never be in it, but this is the P-break match um, right here. So this is the one maybe for the kids uh, a little bit more than the adults. Well, you said you may not get an A for effort. I'll give you an A- minus for the effort. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll kindly decline an A- minus yeah, from you, you, sir. Will. Of course you will. Of course you will. You're welcome. Anyways, my sixth match of this evening is going to pit the Intercontinental Champion, Shawn Michaels, putting his title on the line against Lex Luger. For those of you new listeners to the show, we've booked uh, Wrestle, or excuse me, Royal Rumble 93 previously to this. I had, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I did have some sort of uh, booking that would actually pit Luger going to WrestleMania against uh, HBK uh, to face him for the title. We're going to see Lex Luger go over Shawn Michaels. Uh, you know, we're going to see this, this feud continue, though. We're not going to see, this isn't going to be a one-off. We're going to see Lex Luger get the, you know, get the best of HBK at this time, but go back and forth, Tyler's going to go back and forth a couple times, and we're going to see this, you know, a barn burner of a feud between these two because great, you know, for a lot of the times people won't give the great worker card to Luger, but, you know, at this time, you know, throw it against the wall, like I said before, throw it against the wall and it sticks, let's go. 
And uh, it's definitely going to stick with the uh, Intercontinental Championship around the waist of the total package, the narcissist, Lex Luger. The narcissist Blah, blah, blah. All right, so for our, we'll call it the semi-main event, our seventh match of this evening. Chris, what do you have? So remember earlier in the show, we had uh, Sherry and Luna Sean have a scrap backstage in the medical room. So I would have to think about uh, announce the main event. And he's interrupted by Stacey and Sherry in their usual screamy fashion. She calls out to Luna Sean, which leads to a match. I pick this because in real life, this feud never ended because Sherry was released. Mm-hmm. So, so in this match, it'll just be a typical scrappy cat face, both women ripping each other's clothes off. Then, yes, yeah, Sherry gets the win in the end. And I ascends into this feud, which I think that was last day. <laughs> there we go. Can't, so. can't go wrong with Sherry going over that, Sherry. Nice, nice. I like that. I like that you got the two. I had actually admittedly thought about potentially doing that and, and getting these women on the card. So uh, another great, great rebooking there, Chris. I, I went back and rewatched all of '93 Raw, wasn't it? That, that feud was just getting hot, and then Sherry disappears. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a shame. Yeah, I think it turns up in ECW a few weeks later, and then eventually makes her way to WCW. But... Yeah, didn't she? Uh, she ended up becoming uh, Sister Sherry with uh, Harlem Heat with that, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It was either before she came over or after she left. I can't remember which uh, time time frame it was. But uh, so your seventh match, Michael. So for my seventh match, we are going to have a flag match. Guys, we're going to have a flag match. It's going to be Yokozuna, of course, representing Japan, not Samoa. And (laughs) just had to put that in there, right? You're welcome. And you're going to have, of course, Hulk Hogan representing the United States of America. Jimmy Hart and Brutus Beefcake will be in Hogan's Corner and Master, Mr. Fuji, whatever you want to call him, Mr. with the cane and the salt. Um, just don't call him Morton Salt. Uh, you are going to see Fuji in the corner of Yogazuna. And surprise, surprise, what's the favorite hashtag that we know and love from something to wrestle with? I'll reference it. Hashtag Hogan must pose. You're going to see Fuji <laughs> attempt to throw salt. And Beefcake's going to interject, and he's basically going to throw himself in the way. And he, the salt's going to hit Beefcake in his face, which they'll play it up because he's had the issues with his face. Uh, what you're going to see is uh, a big boot, a leg drop. You're going to see Hogan go over here, um, and you're going to see <clears throat> Hart uh, kind of, uh, you know, catching Fuji at the pass and making sure he can't try to do anything dastardly. You're going to see Hart basically tackle Fuji and Hogan's going to post old glory in the flag match. Um, and that's what you're going to see here. I would have loved to actually get Jim Duggan involved, but didn't want, don't want to go to that well too many times and break the rule. We did not have Duggan on this card, um, but that would have been nice. I think that's something you could have considered as well. Uh, but you will see Hulk Hogan pull, uh, post Old Glory, and Hogan defeats Yokozuna in a flag match at WrestleMania. Huh. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, so, so I, you know, uh, so you know, you know, Yokozuna is not in my main event. So that's something to huh. to, to consider. Huh. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm trying to do thing, two things at a time, and again, and same thing, you <laughs> oh, know, boy. listening at the same time, and oh, I don't boy. want to hurt myself. The show has uh, broken down, ladies and gentlemen, because <laughs> RJ cannot listen and talk at the same time. Actually, listen and think, but you, you fail the listening oh, portion three, of the program. Three, three, so. three, three, three things. You can't do three things. I can barely do one. Anyways, so I think... <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, so, my next match is going to pit. Yes, I'm going to have Hogan because, as you said, Hogan must pose. However, we're not going to have him pose in this match. He's going to be taking on The Undertaker in a number one contenders match for the W. WF Championship like uh, for the following night on Raw. So we're going to see the whole pomp and circumstance that happened with The Undertaker at this time with the whole entrance and Paul Bear, you know, Hogan, you know, you can say, hey, he's going to be the same situation where he's been hurt or what have you. But we're going to see The Undertaker go over the immortal Hulk Hogan in what it would end up being Hogan's last match in the WWF uh, before he jumped ship. We're going to have the dead man himself, the Undertaker, go over Hulk Hogan and become your new number one contender for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. I honestly think you're going to get a that's not going to work for me, brother, in this situation. But considering we don't have to deal with that stuff, that's the great thing about this show. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, 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 that, and that's what I thought, too. I'm like, that, it probably wouldn't happen, but we're not getting paid to do this. So, what the heck? Let's do it. <laughs> there you go. So, that's you know, the attitude. Main, that's the attitude. Why not? You know? You got you to join the rev, join the revolution. Uh, we're gonna have our main events, Chris. What is your main event for WrestleMania Nine? Yeah, so this is the only match I've kept the same really. So it's Yokozuna defeating Bret Hart, who is still suffering from the salt in the eyes from the match, from the salt in the eyes that Mr. Fuji threw in his. Yeah, sorry, I can't get the words out. I'll start again. So this will be the only match I keep the same. Yokozuna beats Bret Hart. Bret Hart's still suffering from the salt in the eyes from the Luger match. Bret will put up a good fight of Luger, of Yokozuna. But he's, he's just too big, too powerful to defeat when Bret's not 100%. So after the match, Yokozuna will bonsai drop Bret once and then again. As Yoko goes for the third, who's coming out to make him the save? No, it's not Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> But it's Lex Luger, and this will lead to the Lex, and Lex America storyline, rather than that stupid body slam, Lex Express tour rubbish. Mm. So it's a natural reason why you'll turn face, and it leads into the whole summer program. There you go. Nice. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, you know, you know, uh, later on, you know, with Lex Luger and the company, I think he really got a raw deal on the company. Obviously, with you know his previous track record with. With WCW being a member of the Horsemen and all that good stuff, so so uh, uh, Chris, know. Chris, I have a question for you on this. Do okay. we do we see? So I don't know if you recall this or or if you maybe you do, but just to just to check, you recall the whole story of the Lex Express, obviously uh, with, with Lex Luger going face. But do you yeah. recall that it was like July fourth and they were on a, bat, a United States battleship and basically yeah. there was a contest to see who could. 
body slam yep. Yokozuna. Yeah, okay. So would yep. we would we instead of that, which obviously that was a great moment, but in order to get that kind of here, perhaps in a much larger audience, my question to you would be: Would would we see Lex Luger? Oh, La- body slam. Luger body sl- yes. Oh, that great WrestleMania moment, wouldn't it? Yes, it would have been. Yeah. I think it would have been better served at WrestleMania than the way WWF yeah. did it. I think th- that all seemed That's... to be kind of rushed anyway. Yeah, yeah. and it failed. It failed kind of mirror the Hogan, Andre the Giants moments. And... Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, makes yeah. sense. Makes good, sense. Good, good revision, revision of my looking. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I just, I just figured. I, I was just curious. Like, you know, and I don't know if you maybe that which you were already thinking that. And it just, but yeah, I think that you know to, to further your point. But no, absolutely. I, I think that obviously, I think a lot of us, especially looking back now, would have preferred. I, I think this last Hogan run really left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths not just Bret Hart of course for obvious reasons but um so I, I could see why you would rebook it that he way won the championship and then disappeared for three months yeah it's weird because this is this is a time period that I know has been discussed so you know obviously the best place if you want to talk about if, if you're looking to hear about old you know this time era WWF is, is obviously something to wrestle with and I know it's something Conrad and Bruce have discussed on there and there was the epic argument because the whole thing that Bruce tries to say as well Vince McMahon wanted Hogan as champion on the European tour. And Conrad, of course, countered with, well, he wasn't on the tour. I can't say it exactly how Conrad said it, but, you know, he, he wasn't on the tour. So, yeah, I, I think this doesn't make a lot of sense other than there was some kind of uh, agreement for Hogan to come back. I heard he wasn't on the tour and the tour was already sold out. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Crazy. It doesn't work for me, brother. What you going to do if I don't work for you? I don't know. <laughs> I tried to save that one. Kind of lost it in the middle there. You're welcome. Hey, you get an A for effort. You're welcome. So, Michael, what is your main event? So, my main event of WrestleMania 9. My, my, my main event here is going to be... Uh, Bret Hart's going to be the champion. He's going to defend the world championship. And he is going to defend it against, guess who? That's right, Lex Luger. Um, so basically going into this match, Jack Tunney is going to ban the now quote unquote illegal bionic elbow. Uh, Bret Hart is going to basically go on a rant calling Luger a cheater. Uh, he's going to provide visual evidence or what have you showing that, you know, basically Lex Luger has an unfair advantage. So Jack, uh, you know, Jack Tunney is going to outlaw this move. But, you know, what's going to happen? Surprise, surprise, the ref's going to get bumped in this match. And what do you think's going to happen? Well, you're going to see that bionic elbow get used and knock out Bret Hart cold. Um, that's going to happen. He's going to do it not once. He's going to pull pull up Bret Hart into the corner, and he's going to just waste on him a couple times with it and just knock Bret Hart silly. Um, so Jimmy Hart's going to actually run down and he's going to basically go over and tell the, you know, tell the ref, Hey, you know, what happened? Well, Fuji already being upset with Jimmy Hart, he's going to come down and he's going to attack. So you're going to kind of get that going on. Um, Jack Tunney's going to come out and Bret Hart's not going to be able to continue. He's just laid out to waste. He's knocked out. So Jack Tunney's going to call to the back and who's he going to call from the back? 
dun 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 dun. Yes, Hulk Hogan. Sorry, guys, but but I'm gonna kind of go there with this, and you're gonna get an impromptu match for the world title. Melee is gonna sue. Fuji's gonna use the salt again, but this time you're gonna see Hogan duck. It's gonna blind Luger. Hart takes out Fuji. Uh, Hogan's gonna take advantage. He's gonna go for get his finish. The big boot, the leg drop. Actually, just the leg drop. And he's going to win the match. But Jack Tunney's out here. He saw all this. So Tunney's going to hold this title up. The WWF World Heavyweight Championship is going to be held up at WrestleMania 9. And guess where that title's going to get determined who's going to be the actual champion? The next pay-per-view, yes, sir, smart man, King of the Ring, is going to have the most stakes that tournament has ever had. You're going to see a new WWF World Heavyweight Champion determined at King of the Ring. Now, the reason why I went this route is because I remember there was some back and forth about Vince wanting to bring back King of the Ring. And even back then, you know, so what better way to bring that tournament back and have it as an actual pay-per-view and get the buys and get the interest rather than having it be for the ultimate prize in the game, the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Hashtag, you're welcome. A plus plus plus. It's more than effort, pal. That that right there. Hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take away what I said, Chris. The doink stuff. That's number one. But I'm 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 number two with a bullet right now. I'm telling you. I mean, why don't you pat yourself on the back? You're welcome. Oh God. See what I have to work with, Chris. You see what I have to work with? Jeez, you know. Anyways. Five Follow that. For this. What's that. Follow that. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to, so I'm just going to, I'll just talk. If I, I'll try to be serious if I could be for a moment. Um, <laughs> hey. It's going to be the WWF t- uh, Championship on the line. Your champion, Bret Hart, taking on Yokozuna. Uh, I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to have the shenanigans that are happening after the match. I'm going to have Yokozuna go clean win over Bret Hart. However, we're going to have Bret Hart hook on the sharpshooter on the massive Yokozuna. But then we're going to hear the dung, dung, the new number one contender for the WWF Championship. We're not going to see him come out. It's going to be a ruse. We're going to see Yokozuna uh, belly to back suplex on the on the neck of Bret Hart, drag him over to the turnbuckle with a bonsai drop. Not once, not twice, but three times to win the WWF Heavyweight Championship. Your new champion, Yokozuna. Ah, and then you get Kevin Nash to come out and do the Dutch oven. <laughs> Or just watch the the Edge and Christian show, the the show that reeks of awesomeness on the WWE Network. That stuff is oh, cool. That is, that that is a fantastic show. I, I never miss it. <laughs> there you go. So, you know, that was our cards. You know, first and foremost, Chris, appreciate you coming on the show so much. You know, we've, uh, you know, it's been on, uh, you've been on our list to get us, to get you on the show. And appreciate you, you know, making time for us and your busy, busy schedule from across the pond. 
So, uh, you know, take the last few moments to, uh, you know, plug anything that you got, plug the show, uh, social media, all that good stuff. Yes, you can follow us on Twitter. It's BBGWPod. You can search us on Facebook, so Breaking Up Glorious, or on Instagram as well. Yeah. You can find us on all the SoundCloud, <laughs> iTunes, all the good, all the good places. It's Breaking Up Glorious. It's we. Mainly do review, review, review every pay per view. WWE, New Japan, Impact. Yeah, I'm definitely you know, yeah, and I definitely I listen to a lot of the shows too, and it, you did guys have a lot of great interviews too as well. So you got you just released one uh, a couple of days ago, right? Yes, um, Ryan Aidenson. We make a that was a very interesting interview. I've met, when I started the podcast, I did. Make an effort to try and interview a lot of Northwest England guys. Mm-hmm. So, so I've got yeah. So we get everybody. We've got we've had we've got a working relationship with fight the fight network. So we have a, had a lot of impact wrestlers on recently. And oh, so I interviewed Brian Cage and Eli Drake just for Christmas. And they're both really fun guys. I wish I had more than fifteen minutes with them. And we had Kongo Kong on last year. Sugar Duncan's my favourites. Mm-hmm. Um, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, I mean, everyone should definitely uh, check out uh, Broken but Glorious. You know, definitely look them up, uh, follow them on Twitter. Um, excellent show. They do a, a tremendous job over there. So yeah, Chris, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yep. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> I think I may have had two. Lo- give me four weeks to pull the car. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did. You did. A, you did a terrific job. Well, no, that was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, get some rest, my man. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go have a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, and then go to bed till twelve o'clock. There you go. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the paper, you, my man. Yeah, just the same to you. I'll speak thank to you again. Soon. So, take care. Take, take care, care, Chris. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, the acclaimed segment is back. Ringside Rant is back yet again with a special kind of panage put on it, I guess you could say. So, Michael Senior, the golden voice himself, will have 30 seconds to get this over. Are you ready, Michael? As always, you're welcome, and yes, I am ready. So... You have 30 seconds to get this next statement over. Doink is the best clown of all time. I like it. So we have many clowns that you can have into this, but Doink is the best clown of all time. Are you ready for your 30 seconds? You bet. I'm ready, set, go. So you have a lot of clowns throughout the history of time. And all these clowns, whether they're good or bad or indifferent, Homie the Clown, Pennywise the Clown, it, as it were. But you know what? Nothing defeats Doink the Clown. No one has ever been as entertaining as Doink the Clown. Do you not understand that Doink the Clown can multiply, diversify, and become the greatest clown of them all? Doink the Clown. Give you that much. 
Job well done, Michael. Job Did well done. Did I, uh, Eight oh, plus. I better not say what I was going to say. Poor effort. D disregard. I, who, <laughs> I think you know what I was going to say. It involved a punch, so I'm just saying. It is a family-friendly show. Thank you, Dennis Farrell and Petey Williams, for having us on the wonderful Wrestling Perspective Network, sponsored by BlueChew.com. Enter in that promo code today, guys. It's a family-friendly show, but you need to make a family before you have a family. You know what I mean? WPP, $5 shipping, BlueChew.com. All right. But I digress. So now, as I say every week, RJ, it is time for you to take your medicine. It is time for you to do your ringside rant. Let me know when you're ready, pal. As I said before, I'm born ready, so let's have it. All right, so here we're going to do a little bit of a twist. RJ, better... Randy Savage is a face. Randy Savage is a heel. No play in the middle, sir. One or the other. Is Randy Savage better as a face, or was, I should say, better as a face, or was he better as a heel? Are you ready? So, a in-ring talent or... Anything. There, anything. And okay. Any and everything. Because we know the character, it's Vigenettes, it's, you know, doing things backstage, whether good or bad, whether it's marrying Miss Elizabeth or calling a female, um, okay. what, what was the, what was the okay, term? I got it. What, what was the, so, no, not, now I'm hung up on this. So, <laughs> Randy Savage's pomp and circumstance, that was gorgeous, George, right? So whether it's calling yeah. a, a female valet gorgeous, George, and, and owning that copyright and being able to do that. So that's the heel part for those of you that don't know where I'm going. All right, I digress. Ready? Yeah. So it's Randy Savage face or Randy Savage heel. Pick one side and disparage the other. Ready? Yep. All right, in three, two, one, and go. So get your cup of coffee ready, brother. Randy Savage is an ultimate heel, brother. It doesn't matter if you're going against Randy Savage to heal Randy Savage to face. It doesn't matter. Randy Savage to heal is the best by far. He is the heel. He's going to beat Slaughter as a heel. He's going to beat Roddy Piper as a heel. He's going to beat Hulk Hogan as a heel. He is the Five ultimate seconds. heel by far. He is going to go over everybody. The best heel of all time. <laughs> All right. I, I wasn't sure the way you started there where you're talking about Randy Savage or Randy Uso. He sounded a little Samoan, brother. Maybe he was super fly. But no, I digress. He's definitely agile. But so, definitely so, agile. so you're going Randy Savage as a heel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. By far, he's going to, and, you know, to, you know, go sidetrack a little bit. Randy Savage, by far, is a better heel because you can have, he did his best work as a heel. His work with Hogan, his work with Warrior, his work with Steamboat, by far better heel. No, I, I I would tend to agree. I would tend to agree. So yeah. I think very well done there, RJ. Mm, I thank you. Thank Clap. you. I give you an A plus for effort. Haha. -ha. 
you're not the only one who can steal. See, that's the thing about having a catchphrase now, RJ, because it's easy to go around and steal them, but it's harder to protect them. You're welcome. I was going to make a Bluetooth joke, but I'm not going to. Anyway, so next week, (laughs) we have the one, the only, your friend and mine, Dr. Huge, coming on the show to revise and rebook WWF In Your House 6, which will have an anniversary date from 1996. Uh, so we're going to have a little historical relevance to that uh, pay-per-view. Uh, so head over and give him a follow on Twitter as well. Make sure you subscribe to his, uh, uh, to his Periscope page, to his Twitch page, and go out. So first of all, from what I'm hearing, I'm banned. So, so you were on the Dr. Huge show. I was on the Dr. Huge show. I hear I'm banned. So yes. I'm, I'm going to have to take this time to review uh, whether whether Dr. Huge is going to be a guest next week. Um, I think I'm going to allow it to happen to to better understand. But, you know, Dr. Huge, he, he, he and he does a tremendous job on his show, guys. He has sleaze. He has uh, just an in, uh, uh, incredible without the E. Uh, Y2J just incredible without the I should say um, Lit Manus it, it, it's a great time over there so definitely you should check out his show um, at Dr. Huge on Twitter but you know he's he's trying to say I, I'm banned and you know I'm, I'm, I'm in there and I'm trying to tell him so he's playing this uh, it's called Dawn by Daylight not everybody may know what that is but for those of you that do know you can either play a victim or a killer and I'm trying to tell him you need to you need to get your inner killer instinct man be a killer own it and he's He's shying away from that. So I think I am going to allow him to be our next guest. You're welcome. But, you know, I I, 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 I definitely want to hear from Dr. Huge. And, and I, I definitely tune in. You know, thank you guys for listening today. But definitely you're going to want to tune in uh, next week. Uh, it's been a fun. It's been a blast, RJ. Um, yeah, love recording with you. You're, you're, you're such an amazing Canadian. And, uh, you know, all the smiles in the world, all the clowns in the world. <laughs> And uh, exactly. With that said, RJ, uh, I think the good people should follow us at Revisionist Book on Twitter. Fair to say, uh, we have a Facebook page. Definitely. Is that correct? You want to plug the Facebook? Yeah, you can just find us at Revisionist Booking on Facebook. You can follow myself on Twitter as well at Krasinski RJ. But if you follow the uh, show's Twitter feed, you can get both of our feeds uh, in the description there. So you can follow all three accounts. Absolutely. So, as always, know where we go from here. Yep, as always, RJ, you did get an A plus for effort today. You are welcome. And of course, let the revisionist revolution begin.